You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears and Las Vegas Raiders are surprisingly similar in terms of how these two teams match up for their big game on Sunday. We'll hear from our friends from Locked On Raiders helping us preview this matchup on Crossover Thursday. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for more Bears talk. And make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen every single day. Today is Crossover Thursday. So we'll be joined by your boy Q from Locked On Raiders. He's a program director for sports radio stations in Vegas on the ground, covers the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, firsthand local expertise. Q is one of my favorite hosts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So glad to have him on the show today to help us learn a little bit more about these Raiders the Bears are facing. A team with some offensive line issues, a very strong pass rush, and some elevated quarterback play. Sound familiar? Yeah, there's a lot of parallels between these two teams. One of them, a veteran quarterback, a longtime head coach, one a rookie quarterback. But so there's some there's some differences, but as they match up, you'll start to sense a little bit more and more of how these two teams are on some similar paths. So we'll go through the matchups, we'll go through the big questions, and make sure you are ready to go for Sunday's matchup. Q is great, he's a professional, he's knowledgeable, he knows his team through and through, and he's just, he's good at radio, you can just tell. So I'm excited to have him on, and I'm eager to jump right in. All right, welcome into this crossover Thursday. Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears, alongside your boy Q from Locked On Raiders, getting you ready for this Bears-Raiders matchup. It's going to be uh, the first start for Justin Fields in his actually like named the long-term starting quarterback for the Bears. We'll get to that in a moment, but I want to start with these Las Vegas Raiders in particular. Seems like Derek Carr's been playing really well. It's been a big part of sort of this hot start for the Raiders coming out of the gate. I know a loss last week against the Chargers, but otherwise, how Q? How has the the faith been for Raiders Nation in terms of the the strength behind this start and specifically their quarterback, where it always seems like there's been this kind of love hate relationship. Well, you know, the reason that uh, the Raiders were 3-0 and before that Monday night loss to the Chargers was Derek Carr. I mean, he's he's been doing really well this season. Uh, last year, he did really good as well. But I thought that, you know, I don't know how you can do do much better, but he came out of the gate shooting with a very, you know, lesser running game right now. So he's been able to really put the team on his shoulders and make everything happen. And so, uh, yeah, he, he just kind of took that next step. Now, of course, he took a step backwards in that Monday night loss to the Chargers. But for the most part, man, he's been doing really well. And, you know, finding a way to get the Raiders through a couple of overtime games, that was tough as well. But uh, brought them back from 14 points down both times to win those games and almost found a way to come back on Monday night, but just came, came up a little short. So, yeah, Derek Carr's been been great. He's not the problem. He's really never been the problem, but uh, he, he wasn't the problem Monday night. It was just uh, he, it was a struggle from the gate, a uh, slow start, and 
it was tough to get back into the game. But yeah, Derek Carr has been playing fantastic ball. Yeah, given the the lack of running game, and I think there's been some offensive line issues that I'd like to get into in a second. Yes. Here, but what, what's been the difference for Carr? Is it is it you know the, the likes of Rugs and Edwards, et cetera, taking that next step with with Darren Waller? Is it about the weapons, or is it about things he's doing individually as a quarterback in terms of accuracy and just being more consistent? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. He's maturing a little bit more. You know, he's in year eight of his uh, career, the fourth year now with John Gruden. And he just seems to take a step forward every single year. He gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. But you mentioned the weapons, and that's really, I mean, that's one of the biggest keys. You know, Brian Edwards is healthy. He was a third-round pick uh, out of South Carolina a year ago. He's healthy. He's a guy that Derek Carr can go to, especially in a pinch. Uh, late in the games, they, he fa- seems like that's when he really shows up is fourth quarter, overtime, uh, times like that. And then Henry Ruggs, the former first-round pick, he put 13 pounds of muscle on. Uh, he's he's running routes better. Uh, he just seems a lot more confident. Uh, I think having a, a offseason and a, a real actual training camp and preseason, uh, even though he didn't play in preseason, still helped him a little bit just kind of getting on the same page with Derek Carr. And Carr's mentioned multiple times to us at the media sessions that he trusts his wide receivers now. He doesn't mind throwing that 50-50 ball. So Monday night, you saw him uh, stretch the field multiple times against the Chargers and connect a couple times with Henry Ruggs. He believes he's going to be there to make that catch now. It's not like he's throwing the ball and blindly hoping that he comes up with the play. He believes every time he throws it, Henry Ruggs is going to come up with it. Matter of fact, he uh, he missed Henry Ruggs. He overthrew him, which is hard to do as fast as Henry Ruggs is. He overthrew him one time. Would have been a touchdown. He, was, he, he had the step on the, the DB, but uh, just a miscommunication there on that one. But... Uh, the trust that he has in his weapons is really what's the big deal. And then Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, they've been solid. Hunter Renfro's always been solid, but uh, he's only one of eight wide receivers in the league so far this year that's had five catches in every game so far, which, wow. you know, you don't think that, you know, Hunter Renfro's going to do that. You think he'll just be there on third and Renfro, like they call him third down, he'll come through. But he's been playing some good ball, man. So uh, all those weapons have turned out to be really good for Derek Carr so far this season. So why hasn't the running game been able to follow suit? You think if they're throwing the ball so well, teams might take guys out of the box a little bit and make things easier on Josh Jacobs and company. Is it Does it all fall on the offensive line, or, or what's the problem there? I think that a lot of it falls on the offensive line. I don't think they're getting the push. You know, there's obviously a, a lot of reconstruction of the offensive line this offseason, but uh, Josh Jacobs missed a couple games. Uh, you know, he was out with a, a, a toe and an ankle injury. He came back on Monday, and it was just didn't really look like he had the burst in him. looked like he was, well, missed a couple games. Uh, Peyton Barber, he was a guy that's only really been with the team about a month, and he had a, over 100 yards against the Dolphins, but he hurt himself on Monday. Kenyon Drake, he was signed in the offseason to be a one-two punch with Josh Jacobs. He's been very lackluster as far as running the ball between the tackles. Um, you know, he's caught the ball in the backfield well, but he hasn't been running the rock really well. He's not seeing the, the holes. He's not blocking very well. Jalen Richard, he's been out all season. He's been on the IR. It looks like he might get back this week, but... Uh, yeah, that's a great question, man. I mean, one of my biggest keys to the game against the Chargers was you got to establish the run. They're giving up 170 a game and they got like 50, you know, and so it just it wasn't they weren't able to get that that thing going. And, and that's been a big problem. And I think part of the reason for the slow start is that they can't get that run games established. When it, when it comes to that offensive line, you know, they've invested with first round picks at, at both tackle spots. Is, does that yeah. does that leave the interior as as the clear weakness there? Or have those young guys, I mean, Colt Miller and what Alex Leatherwood, I think, was their first round pick this year. Ha- have they not lived up the hype? Where, where's been where has the main issue been there? Well, from the center position all the way right, it's been it's been. And really, to be honest, from the starting at the left guard position, Colton Miller has oh, been no. solid. But at the left guard position, Richie Incognito is supposed to be there. He's 38 years old coming off an Achilles injury. He hasn't played at all this season. Now he's got a calf injury. 
I, I'd be shocked if he plays it all this season. That's just something I've been saying. But that's what happens when you kind of depend on a 38-year-old coming off an Achilles that he's going to be there and give you five, six, seven games. You don't get anything. Well, at least you haven't got anything yet. So that's a problem. Then Rodney Hudson, he's in Arizona now playing with the Cardinals. They traded him in the offseason. Andre James, they, they expected him to fill that void. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent out of UCLA. And, well, he, he's been... He's been pretty bad. You know, he hasn't he hasn't filled the void. He's not very good at that center position. And I get it. It's only been a small sample size, four games. But at some point, you want to see the team start to gel at that position where you have to be on the same page. He hasn't been there. Then their right guard position, Denzel Good, who did a great job last season filling in in multiple positions, he tore his ACL in the very first game. He tore his ACL after like six plays. So he was out, or he is out. And then Alex Leatherwood, their first-round pick that you mentioned, Hasn't been very good. I mean, he's had moments where he's been good, but not consistent. You know what I mean? So it's been, that's been a problem as well. Uh, there's conversation that he might even be kicking in the guard sooner rather than later. And then that opens up another hole at the tackle position. What do you do there? So it's just, it's not a cohesive unit. And you know, covering football and covering the Bears and just watching football, if the offensive line is not a cohesive unit, it's not going to be very good. Today's episode of Locked on Bears brought to you by rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle. Engine control modules, fuel pump assemblies, brake parts, tail lamp, motor oil, even new carpet. Whatever you need, they've got it. Their catalog is so deep. It's honestly remarkable how many parts they have available, but it's really easy to navigate. You just enter in your car's make and model, and then it pulls up all the different parts for your vehicle, and you can sort between the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Those prices are particularly important because some of the chain part stores, they'll have different price tiers if you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, so don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts somewhere else. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, fill in their box. It says, how did, the, how did you hear about us? And write in the words, locked on. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Both of these teams are not coming in with super consistent offensive lines, and that's going to make for maybe some some potentially ugly football there, especially these Bears offensive tackles against these Raiders defensive edge rushers, I should say, are, are really uh, where I've, I'm circling in this game. When you got Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe and, and Carl Nassip even, I mean, has yeah. that been the strength of this Raiders defense, and, and what, what has made them so good? Well, you know, I got to give Gus Bradley a lot of credit, the new defensive coordinator. I got to give Ron Milas, the secondary coach, a lot of credit. I got to give Richard Smith, the linebacker coach, a lot of credit. Those three guys have come in and found a way to turn around a defense that's been the Achilles heel of the team and has made it a strength of the team. That has allowed them, I mentioned early in the, in the, in the show, that Derek Carr has brought the team back from down 14 twice. The only reason he's able to do that is because the defense has been solid. You know, the defense has gotten the ball back and come up with some big plays when they needed to to help him get the ball back in a nice, favorable position. He's able to march down the field and get, and get scores. But the defense has been uh, playing some good ball, and they have just enough veterans that have played in the Gus Bradley scheme. You mentioned Unique Ngakwe. They got Casey Hayward on the outside, got K.J. Wright. They got Denzel Perriman. Uh, you know, they got Darius Phylon in the middle of the defensive line. I mean, there's multiple guys that have played 
for Gus Bradley. So they they already came in knowing his scheme, and it helps teach the young guys the scheme. So uh, that's been a real pleasant surprise that they've been able to gel as quickly as possible and as quickly as they have. And so they've really been keeping the, the Raiders in a lot of games when they start off slow. So the defensive line has done a good job. Max Crosby is a, is a problem, and I don't mean a problem for the Raiders. I mean a problem for opposing teams. He's been really good. In Gakwe, he's been really good. And even though the numbers aren't necessarily there as far as actual sacks, the pressures are incredible. And you know, pressures on a quarterback is trouble, especially if it's a rookie. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're going to be keeping our eye on that. Absolutely. Uh, last thing before we switch gears here. Former Chicago Bear Nick Kwiatkowski at linebacker. Yeah, a yeah. homegrown talent, a fourth-round pick in Chicago, somebody that Bears fans liked, but I mean, there was always Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. He, he never really had a, a long-term future in Chicago. How has he been in Las Vegas? Uh, has there been – Chicago is always like, well, he's great against the run, but maybe just a step slow and maybe a, not – perfect and you know not great in coverage a little bit more of that old school kind of run stopping linebacker but how, how has the the Raiders experience been with him and especially you know this season so far you know he's been okay uh, I thought he did well last year and I thought he's been decent this year uh, in training camp there was questions if he was going to start if he was going to be out there um, you know he's not really he's not the, the the actual strength of the linebacking core right now I mean the Raiders have like I mentioned Denzel Perryman KJ Wright Corey Littleton they brought him in as a free agent at the same time they brought in uh, Kukowski and so uh, he plays a role I actually think that he's been doing it okay against the pass probably a little bit better than he has the run you know which is kind of backwards but uh, he's been doing pretty well uh, he's needed you know he's he's got some good depth so I mean he's not he's not you know the linebacker of the year but he's also not a, a major liability so he's he's been he's been a good player for the Raiders Sounds like kind of that same range that he was in Chicago. Some things never right. change. Well, yeah, some things never change, but a lot has changed with the Bears, and we'll, we'll turn around and, and give Q the, the opportunity here to ask us about Justin Fields and everything else we've seen in a kind of a, a wild start to the Bears season. We, uh, we have history, man. We go all the way back to 20, what, 2017, 2018? What, what year did, uh, did Khalil Matt? 2018 yeah. officially got traded in the, in the offseason right before the season started in 2018. So me and you have been talking back and forth for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, and especially now with the rumors again this offseason that maybe the Raiders were yep. looking to bring Khalil Mack back. I wonder if we're going to do the same podcast again three years later. Right, exactly. So uh, at least this time we're talking about a game. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Bears and the Raiders when they went to London. Uh, now we're a couple years removed from that, and we're talking about Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas. A fun matchup this Sunday. Uh, two teams that really probably need victories in, in, a, in a major way to start feeling good about themselves. On Wednesday, we found out that Justin Fields will indeed be the quarterback moving forward. Uh, Matt Nagy decided to change his Matt Nagy conversation and say that Andy Dalton was the guy as long as he's healthy, and he went with the more sensible idea Justin Fields why why in week five did it make sense for Nagy to make to make that call uh, the problem is it's it's sort of felt like it's made sense since almost week one so it, right. it's been a long time coming for the Bears fan but the thing is that Nagy's decisions haven't always made complete sense right that's and that was the the challenge here a lot of Bears fans have been ready to fire their head coach midway through this season still maybe think Potentially, there could be a change at some point if, if things hit south and the Bears have a, a tough part of their schedule. But long story short, Andy Dalton got hurt week two against Cincinnati Bengals. Justin Fields came in. He was all right. Struggled in his first actual start against the Cleveland Browns, one of the contenders in the AFC. It was high-quality of opponent for a rookie to, to come in there against Miles Garrett. It was a, a very, very difficult spot to be in. But then last week against the Detroit Lions, they changed play callers from Nagy, gave up the role, said, you know what, I'm, 
I'm not getting the job done very well, apparently, for our, our team. So offensive coordinator Bill Lazor started calling the plays against the Lions, and you go against an 0-4 team instead of the, the Browns, that'll help your fortunes quite a bit too. But Fields really looked the part in that game. It felt like the scheme was a little bit more tailored to what his skill set brings, and he was delivering some really impressive throws downfield. Still some rookie mistakes, but it looked like the guy that, the Bears thought they were getting when they traded up to number 11. And so it, it became a little bit too clear and obvious that Fields gives them something more. We, we always knew Fields would be better than Andy Dalton. It was a matter of, right. is he ready? Is he better week one? Or how many weeks will it take before he's really up to speed to be able to be clearly the better quarterback option? And it kind of looked that way in week two, but they wanted a couple of weeks with Dalton still injured to really see what Fields could do. And then I think he would have faced some kind of locker room revolt if he had gone back to Dalton, given how much Fields had played and how well he had played compared to, we kind of know what Andy Dalton is. And that's, there's, there's right. something there. There's a, a floor of like a, a solid ish starting caliber quarterback, but you got to go for the young guy and go for the ceiling there, especially if you're a head coach trying to save your job. Right, no doubt about it. And you mentioned the play calling. Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, he's calling the shots. Matt Nagy's not calling them. So when you're watching the game, when you're covering this game, how do you how much difference do you see as far as the play calling? What how does Bill Lazor set up Justin Fields in a better situation and, and a better chance to be successful than Matt Nagy did? Yeah, it's interesting because like it's still the same system, right? I mean, they're still mm. running a lot of the same plays, but it's about it's it's kind of the little things. So it's it's the the flow and the order. I mean, they they certainly stuck to the running game and established much more of a rushing identity Again, against the Lions. They went with a lot more like two and three tight end sets, and you know they're still putting Justin Fields in some shotgun looks and some you know some under center looks with with those heavier personnel that they can still throw out of. But it was much more of an identity to say we are going to hand the ball off to David Montgomery twenty times. Now Montgomery sprains his knee and. Is out the next four to five weeks, right. and and all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, wait a minute, uh, can they still have that identity with Damian Williams? That's a whole other conversation. But so you combine that with they they kept running backs and tight ends in to pass protect a little bit more, some more six and seven man protections because Fields is not the precision quick strike quarterback that Nagy wanted his scheme to have. You know, the first game it was like three-step drop curl, three-step drop slant, where you have to be perfect in your footwork and perfect on your timing to get the ball off quickly and perfectly on target. And not that field is inaccurate, but to expect a rookie to come in and be spot on with new teammates and learning the NFL game and all that was not his skill set. So we saw more play action, more moving pockets, longer drown up plays where he has a little bit more time to let the play develop. And then he can fire the ball 20 to 25 yards downfield and hit a really tight window on the sideline to Allen Robinson or drop it over the top to Darnell Mooney right into the bread basket. Like really impressive NFL caliber throws. The kid just needs a little bit more time to, to see it and to really let the whole play develop. And that's why I'm a little concerned about this Bears offensive line against those Raiders pass rushers. Yeah, the pass rushers are playing some really good ball right now. Like I said uh, before, they're getting after the quarterback, not necessarily sacks all the time, but the pressures are there in a major way. Now, I, I want to get to the running game in a few seconds, but I do want to ask another question about the quarterback position. Andy Dalton, you mentioned, you know, you know who he is, and and we all do. He's a veteran, been around the league for a long time, uh, and, and I think that's probably why Nagy started with him, just because he was the veteran, and, and you kind of know what you're going to get from him. How much of, has he helped – Justin Fields kind of grow into being a professional you know I mean again obviously all these guys want to play they don't want to be the mentor role but that's what he is right now he's a mentor he's a teacher uh, he's an extra set of ears and eyes that uh, you know can help Justin Fields how much have you seen him kind of help uh, Justin Fields and even though he's on the sideline now uh, how much do you think he'll help him moving forward 
It's really been a lot. And the, the thing that's hard to differentiate a little bit is they also have Nick Foles, who's their third-string yeah. quarterback, who they're still paying. He's the highest-paid third-string quarterback in the NFL. So they're still paying him a lot of money to be that mentor as well. So how much is Andy versus how much is Nick to be determined? But the, the veteran quarterbacks have been such a, a calming presence for him to have an extra quarterback coach. When, when things went really bad against the Browns, to be able to have a guy come over and say, hey, you know what? You've been sacked nine times, but it gets easier from here. And to help him, you know, here's what I was seeing on the sideline. Here's what you should have seen here, you know, and working with him in that regard. And even after Justin Fields was named the starter, you know, they, they had a, a phone conversation where Andy says, hey, like, I don't want this to ruin our relationship. You know, let's still be friends. We'll still be, it almost sounds like a, a boyfriend, girlfriend thing where like you just broke up and like, we, we can still be right. friends, right? We, we still don't have to right. ruin our relationship, but like, you're, you know, you're, you're on your own now and you're doing bigger and better things without me. And that's okay. But I, I think both of those quarterbacks have been really strong and supportive throughout the Neither one, Dalton nor Foles, wants to be in the role that they're in now, but they're the type of professionals that, you know, take their job seriously and are not just going to pout and demand a trade right away necessarily. And they're, they're going to help Fields, and they, they have helped Fields in terms of you know, getting ready for games. Fields himself said he's kind of changed his his preparation each week. Like the first couple of weeks, he kind of did it one way. He didn't get a lot of specifics, but said he's changed a couple of times of like, oh, okay, I need to do, I need to pay more attention here, or spend more time on this as opposed to that. And he said, even when he was named starting quarterback, it was technically Tuesday night, the team told him, announced it on Wednesday. He said his parents were over and they wanted to go out and celebrate. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay home and watch film with my dog. So his parents went out and, and celebrated Fields being named the starter. Fields stayed home and, and watched tape. So he's, he's definitely dialed in as the starter. Nice. All you had to do really is just have a camera on Justin Fields' family, and they would have told you ahead of time that uh, that he was a starting quarterback. That's pretty cool. I like that. The Chicago Bears are currently five and a half point underdogs on the spread for this game at BetOnline.ag, the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend for all of your sports betting needs. Not only pro football, but college football, baseball in the playoffs now, soccer. Tennis, golf, and plus when basketball season right around the corner, hockey season right around the corner, anything you name, they've got it for sports at betonline.ag. The money line for Bears Raiders is Bears plus 200. That line's been shifting a little bit as Justin Fields now officially named the starter. Over under at 44 points, expecting maybe a little bit of a lower scoring matchup. And now's the time to get those bets in. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code Locked On to receive your free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, going to the running back position real quick, David Montgomery, I like him a lot, man. I liked him at Iowa State. Uh, he's a hell of a running back. He's he, To me, he seems like he's a Chicago Bear through and through. Like, he's what a Chicago Bear should be. So he's out. Uh, Damian Williams, I know he's a little bit banged up as well. Maybe he's not. I saw the injury report. Maybe he plays. Maybe he doesn't. If, in fact, he doesn't play, what's the running plan after him? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's where it gets a little messy. So Williams had a thigh bruise against the Lions. So I, I would exp I mean, I'm not a doctor, but bruise seems a little bit hopefully easier to play through. So he should be the guy. But if he's not, they've got a rookie six-round pick, Khalil Herbert. He's their primary kickoff returner, but they traded for Jakeem Grant from the Dolphins. Right. So presumably they're going to promote a couple of guys from their practice squad, depending on if Williams is healthy or not. The, the first one is Ryan Nall from Oregon State. He's kind of a big physical running back. He plays some fullback for them, but he'll play running back a little bit better blocker and just runs hard to the middle but not fast. Herbert Herbert's much more of a kind of a – 
he's not a scat back, but a little bit more of that speed, smaller, slight, slender kind of runner there. Nall's kind of the big fullback hybrid type guy. And they also have Artavis Pierce, also from Oregon State, also a college teammate of Ryan Nall. Two running backs from the same backfield, both undrafted free agents from separate years. I would They're going to presumably promote one or both of them from the practice squad, depending on Damian Williams' health. And, and that would be the option. A rookie and two former undrafted free agents is not necessarily a... NFL caliber backfield, but we're still expecting them to want to try and run the ball hard. And maybe you rely on the, the six round pick being kind of an unknown on tape for opposing offenses or opposing defenses, excuse me. But it's, it's not the spot you necessarily want to put your rookie quarterback in. So maybe we'd see more option plays to maybe have right. fields be more involved in the running game, but it, it, very real concern. Fingers crossed for Damian Williams, for sure. Right. No doubt. No doubt about it. And before I flip over to the defensive side of things, you know, to make everything go, I talked about the Raiders struggle on the offensive line and you mentioned the Bears struggle on the offensive line. What's it looking like? How's it shaping up? And where is your biggest concern as far as uh, the O-line goes? Definitely the offensive tackle positions, although center has not been phenomenal. So the strength is clearly the two guards, Cody Whitehair on the left guard, James Daniels, the right guard, both second round picks, both have kind of come up in the system. They're not perfect. They're not pro bowlers, but they get the job done. Left tackle, Jason Peters is almost 40 years old. He's a potential future hall of famer, but so far on the back end of his career, that speed especially has been a challenge for him. And, you know, Miles Garrett, and even last week, you know, Romeo Aquara and then from the lions was giving him some trouble too. So that's a little bit shaky. Jermaine Effetti on the right tackle spot was a former first-round pick by the Seahawks. They moved him inside the guard, moved him back to tackle. Right. He, 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 very inconsistent, but average at, at best right tackle. The center is a former undrafted for agent, so the, the protection calls. What is this, the Raiders issue. offensive line? <laughs> right? it, it, sounds, it sounds pretty similar, right? And it's not, it's yeah. not, not a great spot to put a rookie quarterback in against a really good defense. Right. So it worked against the Lions because it's, Kind of, it's the Detroit Lions, but there's that concern yeah. that like, if the, the, I mean, the Browns got nine sacks on Justin Fields, it wouldn't surprise me if you know the the Crosby and Nassib and uh, the Gakwe, they should be feasted. They, they should be definitely drooling at the potential of feasting in this game. But I would really expect you see a lot of Cole Komet pass blocking, a lot of running backs pass blocking, specifically to chip on those tight ends to give Justin Fields some time because give him some time and he can definitely he's got the talent to dice you up in the passing game. It's just doesn't always have that time. I feel like we're going to be looking at a couple offensive lines that look very similar. <laughs> I mean, really, it just, too. it almost, they're like mirrors of each other. So, uh, yeah, that should be an interesting chess match down there in the trenches. Uh, we're talking right now with Lauren Cox, host of Locked on Bears on Twitter at Cox Sports One. And uh, let's talk about the defensive side of things. When you think of the Bears defense, of course, Khalil Mack uh, is the guy. We don't have to revisit that conversation. We know how <laughs> it goes. Uh, obviously, the Raiders, you know, it's been reported by Vic Tafer, the athletic, that they reached out to the Bears in the offseason to gauge their interest and in maybe trading them back. It didn't happen. So here we are. Fine. It's week five. It's all good. I know Khalil Mack and what he could do. I know he's also a little banged up, but I don't think there's anything that's going to stop him from playing on Sunday against, the, against his former team. How big has Robert Quinn been to the success of Khalil Mack this year as opposed to what Robert Quinn was last year when they signed him to a big deal as a free agent? That's been really pretty much the story of this Bears defense. I mean, there's some subplots there, but he has turned some kind of corner, and he he gave some kind of mysterious personal there's a some, some, something personal happened in his life that he hasn't really gotten into a lot of details about that last year I, I don't remember exact wording but I get the impression he was in some sort of bad place 
last yeah. season, whether that's physically, whether that's mentally, whether that's something in his family or off the field. I mean, we don't, he's like, I'm not going to get into it, but he said he figured some things out this, this off season and has sort of turned a corner in some way, shape or form. And I'm, I'm really happy for him and I hope his life is happier and whatever has happened has, has passed at this point, but he has been more explosive, more electric, just there's an energy there. And he's, he's really gotten back to some of those big Robert Quinn seasons that we saw earlier in his career. Cause 12 months ago, or I guess, this offseason, Bears fans are ready to cut Robert Quinn. It was a matter of, okay, we have to get through 2021 because his salary is guaranteed, and then this guy is out of here because he's getting paid way too much and he's not producing. And and all of a sudden, it's it's a new man. He has been so explosive off the edge. He's so bendy, too. He's he's one of those guys that can just contort his body to turn the corner in a way that is just – you can't teach that. You just physically either right. can or can't do that. And so he's taken so much of that pressure off of Cleo Mack where teams are still putting two, three blockers on Mack fairly consistently. The tight ends are always chipping on that side, but now Quinn's got four and a half sacks of his own, and all of a sudden you can't pay – as much attention to Cleo Mack. So it has been such a, a bonus to this Bears defense, especially when they have some major, very real concerns on the back end in that secondary. But if the pass rush plays as well as it has been, you're able to mitigate some of that and keep this team in some games because of such a ferocious pass rush. I'm telling you, man, this game is so eerily similar. You know, I mean, you're talking about concerns with Crosby and Ngakwe. I'm talking about concerns with uh, Mack and Quinn. I mean, it's like I said, it, it feels the same. Now, you mentioned the secondary in the back end in particular. I'm a big Eddie Jackson guy. Loved him coming out of Alabama, even though he, you know, broke his leg. But I thought that he's a turnover machine. He creates a bunch of turnovers. Jalen Johnson, uh, I like him, uh, a central a, a central California guy. Uh, I like him a lot. But uh, what's going on with the secondary? Where, where's the big holes and the issues going on? So Eddie, Eddie Jackson is... Uh, has been a problem. He's not been the big issue, but he has not been the same Eddie Jackson that he once was, and we still don't wow. have a good answer for that. But he has been out of position in some busted coverage plays. He takes wow. taking weird angles to receive. Like, it was a post route, and, like, he's a single deep safety. You just have to come over and make the tackle, and he, he overruns the receiver and runs into his cornerback, and you get a, a easy 30-yard touchdown. And it's just like, wait, what happened to the Pro Bowler in 2018 that had – you know, four interceptions and pick sixes, and it was a huge playmaker. Like, yeah. it, it, there's this mystery of like what what has happened to Eddie Jackson. He's not been terrible by any means, but he has not been the Eddie Jackson that we've come to know. The the real right. concern is slot cornerback Duke Shelley, former six round pick. You get what you get when you put a six round pick in that spot. I mean, he's yeah. he has been very inconsistent. Opposing quarterbacks have been targeting him, and then their other safety, Tashawn Gibson, has been hurt the last two weeks. We'll, we'll see what his status is this week, but his backup, Deion Bush, much more of a traditional strong safety. He's fine underneath, covering underneath. You know, the running backs of the backfield are little things in zone, but if he's a back-end safety, there's been some vulnerability there. So those two spots have been a real struggle. Jalen Johnson has been great, and the other outside cornerback is Kendall Vildor, a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Great, great name, average cornerback, still very young, still kind of – there's he's – He's a potential weakness there, but it's definitely been slot and the other safety. And then just like you, you mixed bag for Eddie Jackson. Sometimes he's he's still great. And sometimes you just you get something totally unexpected. It's like what what happened to that guy that we thought was the future of the safety position in Chicago? Yeah, no, he, he got a contract extension yeah. not too long ago. Yeah, <laughs> paying him big bucks. And it hasn't yeah. played up to it, like the last year and four games. 
Wow, that's interesting. That really is. Again, like I said, I was a big fan of his coming out of uh, Alabama, and he dropped in the draft because of that broken leg. And so that's, uh, in my opinion, how the Bears were able to swoop him up. And I thought, man, what a steal. So uh, that's pretty strange to hear that he's he's playing like that. Maybe the Monstars got him, man. They got his they got some of his talent or something. But uh, when you look at the the run game, we talked about the Raiders and their struggles running the game, uh, running the ball. How have the Bears been as far as stopping the run? Are, are they struggling? Are they is that is that still an area of strength? What's going on with the Bears' run defense? Yeah, for the most part, it's been okay. They've been, been good okay. enough, right? I mean, the, the Browns were able to run on them pretty well because they've got one of the best running games in the NFL. But but for the most part, they they'll stop the run, right? They're not gonna they're not gonna give up the the 25, 30 yard breakaway runs, but they're not they're not shutting you down entirely in the running game either. I mean, they're back to that Vic Fangio, Brandon Staley style of defense where they want to pre snap show you a lot of two deep coverages, and they'll go a little lighter in the box, and they'll say, you know what, if you want to run the ball on us and you know, get your three to four yards, we'll be okay with that because we don't think you can consistently work your way down the field for a whole drive throughout the course of a game actually doing that. So they'll bend and they're the bend, don't break kind of style. So they're they're sure. willing to give you a little bit in the running game, but they certainly haven't been vulnerable in there, but they're not completely shutting you down either. Yeah, and I feel like really this game is, is going to be determined by what goes on in the trenches on, on both sides of the ball for both teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. I mean, Who, Whose offensive line can suck less? Like, right, exactly. Whose offensive line can suck less and whose defensive line can shine a little bit more, right? I mean, it's, it seems pretty simple. So now that we've figured it all out, now they just got to go out there and do it. <laughs> 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 we figured out. We, we did the hard problem. We, we, we've put it all together. Now they just got to go execute. Oh, man, it's, it's going to be fun to see, especially with both these teams getting their tight ends involved quite a bit and how yeah. the pass rushers are going to respond to that and which defensive coordinator they will dial up some different ways to get their pass rushers home. That's It's, it's going to be a fun matchup in that way, but we'll see if that ends up looking ugly in terms of uh, the quarterbacks and the scoreboard. We'll see. Right, no doubt about it. Well, Lauren, like I said, man, this is great stuff. It's always good to catch up with you, man. Uh, you know, good luck to the Bears on uh, on Sunday uh, game. I know they need they they need and want really badly, and the Raiders they they need and want one really badly too. So should be fun. Should be a good homecoming for Khalil Mack, kind of sorta. You know, going up against his former team. I know there's going to be a lot of love shown after the game. Uh, and let's let's leave the love there, you know. And I don't worry about the love during the game. Show that love after the game. But uh, thank you so much, man, for your time. I really do appreciate you. Thanks again to your boy Q from Locked On Raiders for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Whether you're listening on a podcasting platform or you're watching along on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, that follow or subscribe button is always the best way to keep up with all of our podcasts. They're free. We're available on all platforms, coming to you five days a week. So I appreciate everyone who tunes in, not just once a week or once a month, but every single day, keeping up with all of our Bears talk. It's fun to help work our way through this season, get to know our opponents, break down all the games, and so much more. It's my pleasure to bring it to you. I thank you for listening and following along with us, and I hope in exchange, the Lockdown Bears podcast makes it just a little bit easier for you to bear down.